Welcome back to another episode of the New Vision Podcast. On this episode, I welcome returning guest Sydney Paul from Accelerate VI, and we are going to be discussing what has been taking place in terms of updates um, from businesses involved in the program, as well as the next cohort that is going to be coming down the pike. And we're also going to be talking about Vista as well. Let's get into it. Thank you for joining another episode of the New Vision Podcast. Today I'm joined by Sydney Paul. This is the second time she's actually joining us. I'm um, sure have been on the season two of the show. Hi Sydney, how, how's it going? Um, enjoying your summer? Hi, it's, I mean, the summer's been very, very busy, very, very hot, but all things that I like. Um, it's great to be back on the podcast with you. Very good to have you on. I was actually telling tell him um, yesterday um, that I, I don't know if it's just getting older or something, but it, it feels like it's much hotter than it used to be when I was um, 12, 13, running around outside. I, I don't know if it's the humidity has increased or whether it's just climate change or what what have you, but um, what, what were the temperatures like over there? Is it mid-30s or is it low-30s? Um, so it's around the high, low thirties, high twenties, but there's some times when we get into the like mid thirties, um, it's been very hot. And like you said, it's not even, a um, it's like a humid hot, which just feels like it sticks to you <laughs> and it's very uncomfortable. And then on top of that, we have, you know, the Sahara dust coming through mm-hmm. and it, the, yeah, the, just the atmosphere is a little strange, but it's unfortunately predicted at this time but i agree i feel like it's been a lot hotter since i was younger it didn't feel like this when i was young well maybe that is um nostalgia but i i I couldn't imagine another three four degrees hotter than this um so hopefully that um is an illusion um but um let's get into it (laughs) then um, so, so on the last time we, we would have discussed, um, you would have obviously mentioned the, the different programs you are part of at the Research Park. Um, any updates on, on the overall program as well as any strides that um, businesses you've worked with have been going um, since, since that point in time? Uh, yes, there's been a lot of good changes, good updates, good expansions. Um, the first thing is that our accelerator program, Accelerate VI, we, um, after our second cohort, which was completed last year, uh, we decided to, what we realized is that we were getting a lot of applications where um, the startups just weren't really at the level they needed to be to be a part of the accelerator and be competitive. They were a little earlier on in the stage in their, in their phase or, you know, the, their, their, um, the, the life of the startup, but at the same time, the ideas were really, really innovative and they had a lot of potential. Um, a lot of them were Virgin Islanders. So um, what we decided to do was to create a pre-accelerator um, and it was basically a program to help those founders build their businesses from scratch. So a lot of these people maybe had an idea that they had written on a napkin, or maybe they were just kind of starting to do research. We helped them build out their business profile, 
you know what I mean? Um, get, you know, connect them with developers so they could actually have a, mm-hmm. a MVP ready, things like that. So at some point they can apply for the, the main accelerator program. And that pre-accelerator program is solely available for Virgin Islanders because we realize that the accelerator, which is open to the Caribbean region and to the United States and really anybody around the world, if they wanted to, um, we realize that Virgin Islanders, because we haven't been as exposed to that ecosystem, that type of tech entrepreneurship ecosystem, that we needed to help the uh, Virgin Islanders get a step up. So we did that program the beginning of this year. It was a three-month program. They kind of did some, you know, uh, a similar set of workshops and things like that as the main accelerator. Um, they had a showcase at the end, so it wasn't a demo day for investors, but they just kind of did a showcase pitch of their um, startups, and it was really great. Um, one, there was three uh, Virgin Islands startups that went through that. One is actually a food delivery app. Um, the other one is a mental health, um, telehealth app. Much needed. And the third one, very much needed. Um, and the third one is a tourism app so you can go on the app and visit St. Croix or St. Thomas or wherever in the Caribbean and have guided tours self-guided tours through the app that are more curated to cultural and historical mm. um things like that instead of the very touristy commercialized Off the beaten path. idea of the Caribbean that many people yeah and, and, so and it, we were I, very very and a quick 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 one um so so is that VR assisted is that something someone could use uh virtual reality whatever those glasses are called from Facebook and yeah, be able to experience I, it not at this time but I've actually had a lot of people ask me that so I think I'm going to like let them know that people are asking me so they could kind of think about that's an option for them it should be i think that would be really cool i mean what you can do i think what they're planning to do is like you go hold up your phone and Mm. you'll see um you know whatever text or things that you can click on on the app overlaid on whatever monument or beach or wherever you are but the vr glasses would be pretty 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 cool i think that would be really cool yeah i've seen yeah i've (laughs) seen some 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 ideas i've never worn them but I've, i've seen some some ideas similar to that um, taken off for um, destinations and so on to allow people to kind of experience it and get a more immersive sense of the place before yes. visiting. And and I could see that coming out of COVID being and just the technology being ready where that could be fairly um, a fairly sizable, addressable market. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. Um so yeah, that that the Excel pre-accelerator finished in June, and we actually opened applications for the main accelerator uh, two weeks ago, I believe. And the deadline for the applications is the twenty third. And we're doing a really big push. Um, we're going to be accepting around seven startups for this accelerator. I mean, for this cohort. And you know, again, it's open to the entire Caribbean. We've had other. Um, we've had a, a group from St. Vincent, I think I mentioned last time, who went in this, who was in the second accelerator. And we're really excited to see what we can get this time. Um, but yeah, the, the, it's going to be a similar setup. Hopefully, we were hoping that we would be able to bring the founders down to have a more hands-on, um, in-person experience. But, you know, with the pandemic, we might have to 
adjust and do something similar to what we did last time, which was having the virtual workshops. But we're excited to bring some more um, some more companies in. A lot of our cohort members have been doing very well. Um, I'm actually doing a series on our Facebook page where I'm talking to mm-hmm. several of our past alumni about where they are and where their startups are and how well they're doing and things like that. Um, and, and earlier the, this year, one of... Sorry. Mm-hmm. Now, I was just going to ask, in, in terms of the startups you've worked with, are, are any of them in like Series A funding or they're in the um, early s- stage period still? Um, some are doing really well. So the one that comes to mind is um, Grind, and it is a... Uh, portable shooting basketball shooting machine um, ah. and there are portable basketball machines that exist but this one um fits in a duffel bag it sets up and breaks down really quickly and there's a, a company uh, a app that you can use with it to track your progress it rebounds the balls to you you can you can send basically me, use it anywhere send me the link to that um after the show because um yeah. one of my friends definitely be interested in some of that he's a heavy yeah, so um, I will. I definitely will. Um, so Thomas Fields, he's the founder of mm. um, that startup, and this year he was featured on a U.S. business um, investor show called Shark Tank that a lot of people may know of. Um, yep, most definitely. So there was, yep. So Mark Cuban was there. All of the, the you know the main um, investors were there, and then also. Uh, Alex Rodriguez. Alex Rodriguez. Alex. I think it might. I think it was Alex. That's the, that's the baseball player um, referring to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so he did really well. Thomas did a really really great pitch, and um, he ended up getting some interest from Mark Cuban, which was great. Um, he on TV uh, during the show, he took an offer from. Mark Cuban, who was very interested, obviously makes a lot of sense. Mark Cuban owns the Dallas um, Mavericks. So that had to have been very, very exciting. Um, But, you know, behind the scenes, a lot of different things happen. So I think that Thomas is still um, negotiating and using the leverage that he got from Shark Tank to find better deals. And it seems like everything is going well. They're they're Mm -hmm. actually getting ready to release their first round of the um, shooting machines to the pre-orders. And, so and, he's and, been doing very, very well. I, I know you might not know, but do, do you know the, the price point that that's going at? Oh, it's, uh, I think it's around a thousand dollars. I mean, I could look it up while we're talking. Yeah, that, that sounds um, about in the range of what I would expect. Just, just was wondering. Yeah, yeah. He, um, I think it's around a thousand. But he's, he's been doing really well. Um, we have another startup. He was in our first, the 2019 cohort, the first cohort. We have another um, first cohort member. Actually, a lot of our first cohort members have been gaining a lot of progress. Um, Avera Tech. So they're a local Virgin Islands startup, and they have been um, doing really well, kind of getting their feet wet on different islands. And basically what their uh, application is, is a it's a tourism app but it can provide a lot of different services, including like a mix between tourism and telehealth. So the idea is that at some point, this would be a great resource or tool for governments within the Caribbean region to use if there is um, 
recreational cannabis, um, if recreational mm. cannabis becomes legal in a lot of different island nations, I'm you'd hoping. be able to, or even if, even if it's just um, medicinal, right? Um, you'd be able to uh, contact or reach your provider so that they can verify your can of, you know, your med, your medicinal card. And then there's like passes, I think, I believe, but that was one of the first iterations. I know that they have other services that they're providing now too, but um, at the core, it's, it's sort of like a tourism app and they actually um, was, a, they were a part of, I think the first cohort of the tech beach retreat um, tech beach uh, accelerator. Mm-hmm. It's another accelerator. Um, I, I'm not sure where they're based, but they have a large reach across Trin- the Caribbean. I think, I think it's think Trinidad or is it Jamaica? I'm not sure. Either, is it Trinidad? Not sure either, but yeah, they do they, have a reach throughout the Caribbean, as you said. They have they have a very large reach. So we were really proud of them because they were able to go through that accelerator program, gain a, gain a lot more um, knowledge and build their network, right? Because essentially for them, they, they really want to be a large part of the Caribbean um, the Caribbean market. So they're doing well too. The second cohort, you know, they're chugging along. We, we, we keep in touch with them. Um, but I'm sure we're going to be hearing even greater things from them in the next couple of years. So the accelerator has been doing really, really well. And what would you say in terms of the challenges that some of them have been most commonly facing, they sound like they've been making great progress and, Obviously, even with great progress, there are going to be challenges as well. Um, but what, what would you say have been some of the common challenges um, they might have been facing so far? Well, I'd be able to answer this question a little better, maybe like at the end of the month when I get to talk to more of them in our in our um, our live series. But what I what is some one thing that a lot of them still go through, and not not a lot of people may know about being a tech entrepreneur and just living in this space is that it's a roller coaster, number one. You know what I mean? You could be, you could have some viral news, you know, a, a news station pick you up and you're viral maybe for a couple of weeks. And then after that, it goes back down. Like it's, it's a roller coaster and fundraising is always a stressful part of it. Fundraising is a part of the lifestyle that you have to be very patient with. Um, you have to grind it out, no pun intended. And um, a lot of them are still going through that. So, between the two cohorts, they've raised um, over a million dollars in funding. And then I think um, in revenue generated, it's somewhere in the hundred thousands um, US dollars that the t- first two cohorts have done. So that's pretty good. Um, but we know that, you know, this is only their second, their second and first year after finishing the program. We know that that's very, very early. So I think that when, if you think about Five years from now, you'll have I'll have a very different story for you. But for them right now, I'm sure it's the fundraising. The fundraising part is um, you just have to be patient and you have to be determined um, because you're going to get a lot of no's. And sometimes you may get a yes, but it might, might not be a big yes. It's a little yes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all part of the part of the es- deal. Especially in, in the tech field. I was, I was looking while you're speaking there. Um, Airbnb was launched in 2008, but frankly, I don't think I'd heard of Airbnb maybe until 2014, 2013, 2014. So that's just how it goes. Um, it takes time to build up critical mass. Everything you're doing now matters into the future, even though you might not be able to see the results 
of that hard work until three, four, five, six years from now, you know? Agreed. Agreed. And, you know, um, every year we tend to look and see, like, do we have a unicorn? Do we have a unicorn? I don't get my hopes up. And that's not to say that the companies who come into the program are not great companies, but a unicorn is a unicorn for the very reason why you call it that. It is very rare. It is very unique. Um, and you know, the, the tech ecosystem is expanding so quickly that you see a lot more of them nowadays, but you know, are they sustainable? Do they, are they able to adjust and adapt and, you know, evolve their product for the times to make sure that they're not getting, they're not falling behind. It's a really Mm -hmm. fast pace, um, time in tech that we are in. So it would be great to have a unicorn come through the accelerator. We that would make that would make our day. Um, and, but at the same time, you know, we we want to make sure that we are giving realistic expectations to these founders. Some of them come are coming in, you know, seeing Airbnb, seeing Uber, and thinking, yes, that's going to be my life in like two years. Not necessarily, more than likely, not necessarily. It's a long game. It's a marathon. Be to very, some degree, a lot of these lucky. unicorns. Yeah, a lot of these unicorns were have been in the game for like 10, 15 years. So, um, definitely. Uh, and also, some of the founders would have would have failed if maybe two or three businesses, or there were moderate successes, okay. or whatever. So you, you learn exactly. from every single exactly. every single failure. And and just to to clarify, by unicorn, uh, for those that might not know, what what is she talking about? A unicorn does not exist. But um, that that's referencing mm-hmm. over a billion, I think it's a billion US in um in basically in funding, um, which tends mm-hmm. to be from private equity or venture capital uh, funding in the early stages. Um, so I I would yep. I would posit though that it might be better to have five companies that are say twenty to hundred million, um, in range rather than have just one company in a um a billion or more level, but the rest are not really doing much um so i I would say the the quantity and quality might be better than just having one that is at that high level but that would definitely be a big massive feather in in the cap and the cap for what you are doing and what your your team is doing about the research park and with accelerate va yeah yeah that would be i agree um you know we, we, we take our time with these startups. We give them tough love because we want them to realize what they'll be up against if they're going stateside or if they're going international to find other investors or other accelerators. Um, we nitpick, you know, we, we try and find every gap, every loophole in their plan. And it's not because we are trying to break, trying to discourage them, um, but it's really to kind of make them think deeply and think uh thoroughly and comprehensively mm-hmm. about what it takes to run a startup. So they, they've been doing well. Um, we've launched a, lo- a lot of other programs this year too. Uh, one of them, and I may have mentioned it in the last podcast, in the last episode, um, but it's my baby. It's a program that I've been working on and it's a workforce development initiative. Yep. You didn't mention that. I recall that. Okay. Yeah. So we officially launched it. Um, last i'm sorry in june and it's for those who may not have heard it's called the virgin islands stem talent archive we call it vista plus for short and essentially it's a job search platform 
for specifically Virgin Islanders um, who work in STEM fields, ideally in tech for us, but we expanded it to STEM because we know that that's an area um, in the Virgin Islands, I'm sure in the Caribbean, um, there's also an issue with that, but, um, you know, exposing and getting students interested in STEM fields. Uh, we we want to do a lot more work there. So the, the job search platform is curated specifically for Virgin Islanders who work in STEM fields who would like to move back home. So we connect them with companies who are in the territory, registered, licensed mm-hmm. in the territory, um, who are looking for talent in, in, in different STEM um, field. So we're just kind of bridging and connecting that gap between those two groups who really weren't talking to one another. A lot of our, you know, great talent was coming out of the VI and going to the States and doing really well working at, you know, working at Microsoft, working at Google, mm-hmm. working at Amazon. Um, and these are people that I know personally. Um, and, you know, locally, we tend to think that one, there is a brain drain. We can't deny that. Um, but two, that we're in some ways, you know, the, the, our community, our government, our education system needs a lot of work. And some people will say that we are failing our children. Um, a lot of our data and surveys show that our students are well behind. Um, but while we do the work to fix that, we can't ignore that there is a lot of talent that is getting that is coming out of the territory and doing really good work, you know, um, making strides in areas, actually innovating and leading in different industries. Um, and we want to make sure that we're capturing that. So aside from it being a job search platform, we, we tell people that it is also a database. And we want to make sure that this database is showing a very comprehensive map of mm-hmm. Virgin Islanders in tech, right? So how many Virgin Islanders are, are coders in Germany versus, you know, how many are um, doing machine learning at, in total? Like knowing that data and knowing those numbers helps us figure out, okay, well, if there are a lot of people who are doing, working in artificial intelligence research, maybe we should try and find more programs or more resources to support them when they're here you know what I mean? Because that seems mm-hmm. to be something of interest to Virgin Islanders. So even if you're not looking for a job, we encourage Virgin Islanders to uh, to register for the platform just so that we can see you. Because if we can't see you, we can't help you find the types of jobs that you would love to come back home and work in. So it's been going well. Um, we're encouraging companies. That, that's, been a, that's been a challenge for us right now is encouraging companies to use the site. But we do have a lot of Virgin Islanders who are registering weekly, mm-hmm. and it's been um, exciting so far. I'm really proud that we got that launch. It took us about a year and a half to get that. Get built. it off the ground. And it was built from scratch from a Virgin Islands company software mm-hmm. developer who went through our first cohort of Accelerate VI. He built it. His team built it from scratch. So made for Virgin Islanders by Virgin Islanders. That's what we like to say. Uh, proof of work uh, of what you're doing is someone from the program actually designed it. You had said something there about um, having some challenges. Um, it seems like convincing employers to, to be using it. What, what, why is that? Is that that the, the businesses there don't necessarily need a lot of this um, expertise or is it other reasons? Not necessarily. So one, there is a job search platform that the 
VI Department of Labor has called VIEWS. And I think in, I don't know if it's law or it's just, you know, a policy across a lot of different um, businesses, but you're, I think you're required to post your jobs on the VIEWS website, the Department of Labor's website. Um, and I can see why there are some businesses who would be like, well, why am I posting in views? And then I have to create a whole nother account to post in, you know, uh, Vista Plus. That doesn't make any sense. That's just te more tedious for me. Um, but what we try and tell people is that one, you're for the companies who are looking for tech or STEM talent, we're helping you cut out a large swath of like the vetting and and filtering through of all of the different applications you'll probably be getting in views that are not necessarily relevant to what the job you know the job vacancy is we are we're curating a a you know a group of ta a group um talent that is specifically doing what you need to do and you know that it's going to be quality um because of their backgrounds and because of the training that they have or you know, maybe finding people to train and do internships and apprenticeships, but it's curated specifically for STEM. So at least for those who are looking for people in those um, fields, professions, it, it really benefits you to apply for Vista Plus. And then the second thing that I'll say is that um, there was a uh, Microsoft came down to St. Croix. Oh, actually, they were on both islands. So they have a collaboration now that they're building with the University of the Virgin Islands and the government of the Virgin Islands. And what they did was have a week-long summit and just assess all of the different public agencies and um, departments. And they asked, you know, where are your weak points? Um, where, do you, where do you think you would need support or resources in terms of making your services or your job more efficient? And how can Microsoft technology be able to help you do, you know, do your job well. Um, and we sat through, you know, we were there as, as the RT Park um, participating. And what I realized is that a lot of the agencies, and because it's Microsoft, they're going to really, um, you know, hype up the, the, the tech needs that they have, obviously. So what happened was we heard a lot of departments saying, oh, yeah, we definitely need more IT people or, you know, the um, Department of Planning and Natural Resources is looking for a lot of a lot more marine research scientists or analysts or environmental analysts. And I was like, wow, you guys have all of these positions that you need to fill. And why aren't you finding those? You know, I was just curious to see why they weren't finding people to fill those positions. I don't know if many Virgin Islanders know that those positions are open. You know, there is criticism that maybe they're not paying well enough, and that's true in some instances. But to say that, you know, there are not opportunities here, I don't think is true. So we're hoping to work with the government to mm -hmm. help help them find STEM talent as well if they if we can, you know, integrate them into Vista Plus. Uh, uh, going forward, what, what would you say are the, the biggest challenges for the island itself? Um, I would have posted something recently on the us being basically in the fifth and sixth waves of transformation. Um, so, mm -hmm. so what what would you say are some of the biggest challenges to, to make sure that the island can really compete for talent and to retain talent and uh, as a in terms of business and the economy uh, going forward for the next 
two or three decades? Um, I saw you post something about this the other day and I wanted to copy it and paste it and post it on my page uh, because it made so much sense. <laughs> Unfortunately, the challenges that I think we have are not even that hard to overcome. And that's the frustrating part about it. We, we actually spoke about this at the Microsoft Summit and time and time again, the challenges that the departments talked about was getting older Virgin Islanders, older workers, you know, I mean, department employees to embrace technology. Um, it, it can seem very intimidating. And then because they're not embracing it and because younger Virgin Islanders basic or, you know, young people in general basically use that as their language, it's creating a very big divide and you're losing, um, there's no communication between those two groups, right? So younger Virgin Islanders are saying, well, we don't have to deal with this frustration with you guys not allowing us to do what we do well and help you. We're going to leave. And then, mm. you know, the older Virgin Islanders, it feels safe. It's, it's safe. It's, um, it's familiar to just stay where they are. And if you're staying still, you're not progressing. You're not advancing. Yep. You're not becoming better. You have to, in order, in order to be better, you have to change. And we talked about it being a cultural um, shift in a sense, or just, you know, ha parts of our culture just have not been able to embrace tech in a way that younger Virgin Islanders, we see the potential, right? We're not trying to change our culture per se. We're trying to find ways to make it better, find ways to preserve it. Even when it comes to services and, and, and the work that you do, um, a lot of, a lot of older Virgin Islanders see it as a threat to their jobs, you know, a threat to, uh, their livelihoods. And that's, that's a legitimate thing because like I said earlier, um, many Virgin Islanders are struggling. You know, I mean, it's it's really expensive to live here. The cost of living is living is very high. Our infrastructure is not doing very well. Um, so I understand why people want to kind of hold on and clutch what they have. And mm -hmm. if this works for them right now, then better you know, the devil you um, know. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I think that that's the biggest one. And to me, it's not it's not a it shouldn't be that big of a challenge. Um, yeah, it shouldn't be that big of a challenge because if you frame it in the right way, and I'll give you an example, um, with the Department of Agriculture, you know, we've had, the RT Park has had conversations with them about one of our projects called Tech Village, which is supposed to be um, a campus geared towards agriculture research and development, sustainable development and um, technology, doing the research for that. We want to build a campus that supports that. And a lot of people, um, you know, kind of recoil when they hear it because they don't they don't see the the relationship or the relationship between agriculture and technology. They think they are two very different things. You are um, again a threat to what is traditionally known as agriculture, and that's not necessarily the case. We mm -hmm. we're hoping that one we have a lot of Virgin Islanders who don't see agriculture as a lucrative business, right? They don't think of it as a business at all. Um, they don't want to do the hard labor. And, you know, what they've seen for decades is the farmers that we have here, you know, doing the hard work, the hard labor, and not necessarily um, 
their businesses not necessarily doing well. And part of that is because the government doesn't invest as much as they should in agriculture. But what we're thinking is, and I told, and I, I know I talked about this at the summit. I said, if you use, you can use technology to get younger people interested in, in agriculture, right? You need drones now, not need, but you can use drones now to make your, your crop analysis more efficient, to find pests faster, to, um, you know, uh, target certain areas. There is all kinds of soil analysis that you can do. There are apps to help you track, you know, different parts of your farm, different, um, you know, how much you're making in terms of this produce. And maybe you should be growing this more at this time of year. There are all of these things that can help you. Mm-hmm. And it could, it could be a really great way of getting younger people involved. And at the same time, which all the older farmers would love, right? They want to be able to see the, 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 the tradition and the, you know, the, the culture of agriculture continue on after they pass. And a lot of our farmers are very old. I think the average age is like 67. But at the same time, they don't want to embrace the technology. So why not have the younger people help you with the technology and then you help them understand the foundations and culture of agriculture so that they are truly uh, preserving what you hold dear and, you know, uh, putting their stamp on it and making it better in a way that mm-hmm. they, that the older ones could not do because the the technology wasn't there. So, um, yeah, it doesn't seem that hard to me as a challenge, but that's, that's what we're dealing with. It's just a generational, mm-hmm. um, divide. And ultimately though, every generation should be pushing things on. So I, I wouldn't be disappointed if, um, whatever business I was involved in, whatever sector I was involved in, the, the new blood were, were innovating and pushing things forward. Um, what you were talking about in terms of the agriculture and the, and the science of things now is not just going out mm-hmm. there and planting crops. I actually have a, a investment in a, in a business, um, not disclosing uh, financial advice. So I wouldn't call the name of the business, but basically what their business model is, is they're one of the leading global providers of wireless internet of things and mm-hmm. um, different solutions for securing the controlling and tracking and managing stuff such as tractor trailers and different stuff, vehicles and so on. You might got, not just in for agriculture, but for other, th- other sectors as well. But that basically shows that when you talk about Internet of Things, it, this shows where it is and where, where it is heading because this is a billion or near billion dollar uh, valued business I'm referring to. Um, so that that's the direction we're heading, but I still think how we kind of pitch agriculture still f- from the powers that be is more what it was, which is not necessarily reflective yeah. of where it is or or where it's going for sure. And what it can be, right. And the other thing that I try and tell, you know, those in the community about agriculture is that all of the all of the tools that you use now at some point was new technology, right? The tractors that you use at some point was something new and different and probably scary to farmers at that time. Um, You know, irrigation systems, how they've evolved is new technology. So, you know, putting it in that frame, I'm hoping that they understand. And I'm not talking about just the farmers, I'm talking about our community in general. that this is a 
natural a natural part of evolution, a natural part of progressing and change and and um just not getting left behind. And then the second thing is that agriculture is a science. People don't realize that either. It's it can be very technical. There's a lot of research involved in it. There are a lot of opportunities in those areas. If you don't want to be, um, you know, in the field, actually, you know, um, handling, growing and planting and things like that. There are tons of other areas in agriculture that we need people to help our ag industry. And I think that ag research would be a great place to start because um, it's very technical. It can pay very, very well. And, you know, one thing that people don't realize, too, is in the United States, the ag industry is one of the most influential politically and economically, one of the most influential industries in the United States. They have a lot of control over a lot of things. Um, and it's because they literally feed America and they feed other places. And if you kind of frame it in that way, it's like, wow, we really need this industry. We really need these people. Why not invest in them? We don't, we, we just don't have that frame of mind here. And I, I don't understand why we focus on a lot of other things that, um, just don't necessarily fit our culture, our climate, our environment, um, and aren't sustain sustainable. It, it's mind boggling to me, but you know, those challenges, you know, over time you, you can't stop, you can't stop things progressing, but at the same time, you don't want to be one of the last people where you're clamoring to, to stay in the, in the group. You know, you don't want to, you definitely don't want to get left behind. Couldn't agree with you more, and, and that's almost an entirely separate uh, conversation on on where yeah. agriculture is, not just um, in USVA, but also throughout the, the Caribbean um, in, in terms of, I, I personally happen to think that we should be a block, basically trying to be as self-sustaining as possible. Um, but that's mm -hmm. just, I just have a podcast, so I guess I don't know the ins and outs of why that cannot be more the case. But um, I, I want to close out by asking um, what, what is on the, on the, you're going to have the next cohort, um, but what, what else is, mm -hmm. is going to be going forward for Vista as well as in terms of Accelerate VA? Yeah. I mean, if, if we can do a cohort every year, we'll be in a great place right now. It's 14 total, um, 21 when you add this third cohort, and we have the pre-accelerator that we're going to continue to do. We want to have maybe around three to five in the pre-accelerator every year. So we're keeping busy there. I, I would love to see Vista Plus expand. Um, we want to be able to make it an app at some point to make it even more accessible and convenient. I think that there are a lot of programs within Vista Plus outside of the software itself, or I mean like the platform itself, where we can do a lot of, um, we can have a lot of initiatives and programs within Vista Plus that can incentivize Virgin Islanders to come home outside of the job. I think that we need to make the barriers to transitioning or moving back home a lot easier. So I have a lot of ideas that were, I got to pitch to, to my supervisor, um, but I'm excited to see it grow if we can get, you know, I don't have necessarily a goal for how many candidates, we call them candidates on the platform. Um, but 
I know it's a slow start and at some point it's going to start rolling a lot faster. One thing that I didn't mention um, that we are working on at the RT Park um, is a program called the Catalyst Fund. It actually was um, passed, approved by our legislature this past Tuesday in session um, amongst other bills. And essentially what the Catalyst it's no, it's actually not for startups. So this is for more established companies and mm. it's basically a revolving fund um, that you that larger high impact companies and what we consider high impact companies are companies that are can bring a lot of jobs at one time. One, two, they have to fit into our sector focus, which is of course technology, um, agriculture research and sustainability, um, advanced technologies, things like that. Um, but it, it helps to, and the cat, the fund is gap financing, right? So they can't come to us initially and say, okay, this is how much we need. You have to go to other banks and get loans, no, other invest, okay. you know, investment and get, you know, equity that way before you come to us and say, you know, we are, what we need is $500,000 to get started on St. Croix. We have um, 400000 right now. We, we just can't seem to find or fill that $100,000 gap. Can you help me? The Catalyst Fund can help you there. And that fund, you can use the, the, the loans for basically setting up on the island, right? So purchasing property, renovating property, equipment, um, stuff like that to get the operation going on the ground as quickly as possible. Uh, that was, yeah, that was passed. It's, it's the initial fund is going to be $5 million. We're hoping to get more funds, um, allocated from some of the federal funds coming down from, um, you know, there's a lot of disaster recovery CARES Act money that could potentially help in terms of we can, you know, it, it can be, it should be used for economic development, resiliency, and, this falls into that. So we're hoping to get some more investment um, and at the same time get investment from, you know, if, whether it be uh, other investors outside the public, you know, the government. Uh, we're excited for that. I think that, you know, once we make sure that the companies that do apply or, you know, receive funding and are coming to the territory align with our goals and vision for the territory and the island, I think it could be a great thing. Um, and, and, you know, we, we intend to, which a lot of people didn't think we were going to do, not we were going to do, but they were hesitant or skeptical of the program is because many times here, uh, revolving loan funds have been set up and, um, those in charge of the funds just weren't, um, you know, being good on compliance, right. They weren't going and getting the money, you know, if somebody was behind on paying back their loans. They just weren't keeping up with it and then money would be lost and there's like all of these things. We absolutely do not intend to do that. We have a lot of partnerships with some national organizations, um, United States national organizations who um, do this work, financial work. That's their job. They're very thorough, very um, mm -hmm. strict. And we're, we're hoping that the fund can grow over time so that we can bring the right types of businesses here to, to help us with help us with jobs because we're in a really tough spot now economically um, there's a lot of instability and I think that people see a lot of promise in the catalyst fund program so those are things we're working on on top of our tech village program which is still chugging along 
I'll probably have some more updates for you at another time on that. But that's also something I'm very excited about. We're doing pretty well. <laughs> well, lots to do and lots more to continue doing. Um, where can people find Accelerate VA and the other things you're involved in? Where, where can they find that online? Absolutely. So um, the accelerator, like I said, the, the deadline for applications is the 23rd. If you're interested, if you don't know if you're interested, if you have questions, we are very accessible. Once you go to the Accelerate VI website, which is www.accelerateVI.com, pretty simple. Um, you can see a lot of information there. You can contact people on the website. Uh, so please reach out to us if you even have an inkling of being interested. It's my goal to have, you know, a very diverse Caribbean representation in the accelerator. I'm <laughs> very much biased towards the Caribbean region. So I would love to see more. Um, the Vista Plus website is also pretty simple. So it's Vista Plus spelled out. So V-I-S-T-A-P-L-U-S dot V-I. And that site um, is pretty self-explanatory. You can see job opportunities on there. Uh, you can see the companies that have registered. Most of the companies right now are RT Park clients. So you know that they're very much tech focused. Um, we're encouraging them to, to post their jobs. And um, for the Catalyst Fund, you can actually find it on the RT Park website. Um, so that's uvirtpark.net. But you can more easily find information on the Catalyst Fund on our um, social media. So each program has its own um, RT Park. The handle for across all platforms is at UVIRTP. Um, Vista Plus is um, across all social at uh, Vista Plus spelled out VI, while well, one word, obviously. And then Accelerate VI, the same, um, the handle is at Accelerate US VI across all social. We, we've been doing really well on posting information and resources on our social. It's a lot more active, a lot more. We're very much more responsive there. So please um, follow us to keep up. And if you any ever have questions, I'm always on there and I can respond and get you in contact with um, any information you need. Well, continue to do the great work you're doing. I'm sure you'll be doing that and um, much more to be done definitely in, in connecting funding and, and technical support and so on for entrepreneurs across the Caribbean. Tech space definitely is one I am sweet on, but also other areas such as agri-tech, fin uh, financial services, um, could be fintech as well. Um, but thank you very much for coming on the show and until next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the New Vision Podcast. Of course, you can download any episode from your favorite platform, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many of your other favorite platforms. We really appreciate if you could leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Um, obviously, this really helps with the algorithm. And we would also appreciate if you have any feedback or commentary and you would like to even ask us a question as well. You can leave that through the Anchor voice messages feature. Alternatively, if you don't have Anchor, you can get in touch with us on Instagram or on Twitter. Until next time.